welcome to the Plus Size Traveler podcast, formerly known as the Plus Size Globetrotter podcast. This is the first podcast dedicated to traveling while plus sized. My friend Adrian and I launched this podcast back in February 2018 under my personal blog name, The Plus Size Globetrotter. And later that year in October, we decided to change the name to The Plus Size Traveler Podcast and to start inviting other plus size traveler bloggers and other key people in the body positive movement to be our guests, co-hosts, special guests to interview each episode. Now, full disclosure, we are currently re-recording our first few episodes of the podcast. This is including this one today, the Oahu, Hawaii, and plus-size bathing suit episode, uh, really just so we can continue with the format that we developed over time. Um, so we're just reformatting this episode with the same information. You can find our podcast online at plussizetravelerpodcast.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. Now, my name is Lauren. I'm living in Maui, Hawaii. I work for Expedia as a uh, travel guru. Uh, we do activities at different hotels, etc. And um, I'm a Torrid size 28 for reference, so that's also a 4 slash 5. And you can find my blog at theplussizeglobetrotter.com, also on Instagram and Facebook at that same name, Plus Size Globetrotter. And my name is Adrian. I am in Los Angeles, California. And when I'm not traveling, I'm a director of marketing at one of the movie studios here. And I'm a tourist size 18, 20, just depending on the season. I travel every other month for work or pleasure. I actually just got back from New Zealand. And this month alone, I'm going to New York and DC for work. And you can find me at travelingadrian.com and on Instagram at travelingadrian. So as some of you probably already know, in addition to our highlighted destination, we also talk about another plus size travel topic or essential item every episode. So today's episode is going to be all about plus size bathing suits. Of course, that's probably the most dreaded and most stressful thing to basically shop for as a plus size person, um, especially folks who fluctuate uh, size wise, especially me. I go up and down a few sizes and um, living on a rock in the middle of the ocean means I don't have a lot of uh, options for purchasing bathing suits where I live. The actual number of stores that carry plus size bathing suits are zero. So I pretty much um, do all of my plus size swimsuit and uh, clothing shopping online. Um, because I live on an island, I'm in a swimsuit at least once or twice a week. I have a pool here at my property, so I'm swimming a lot. And um, I buy them online, mostly um, not at Torrid, which is unusual for me. Um, I love Torrid for absolutely everything, but I tend to lean towards more, thing, more uh, coverage, things like swim dresses um, that go a little bit further down the knee, towards the knee than um, the really sexy ones that are on Torrid. But if I, if I could, I would, because they have the cutest, especially Harry Potter style, um, at the Torrid website. But I tend to buy a lot of things on Swimsuits for All. And then I also have what I'd like to call my little swim costume. It's a two-piece, which includes a skirt, uh, that goes almost all the way down to my knee, and then I'll use like a tankini top. Now, 
I can buy tankini tops at Torrid, but I've also bought them on lingbryant.com, fullbeauty.com. And then um, I recently bought a pair of swim capris, which is what I use if I do more like um, active um, things in the water, like parasailing or jet skiing, uh, just for a little bit more coverage. And um, you can actually find the exact stores that I buy all my stuff on on my blog. Um, I also like rash guards. Um, rash guards are really popular here in Hawaii um, for tourists and locals alike because we are so close to the equator. We get a ton of direct sun and sunscreen is um, harder to find now on the island that we are. We made a law that you can only use ocean um, and reef safe sunscreens. So just covering up with like 100% UV protection with these rash guards, you can buy like V-neck shirts, you can buy like almost turtleneck ones, short sleeve, long sleeve. I mean, I've seen burkinis where it is this material from head to toe. So you can find them all online and it's uh, a great way to not have to use as much um, sunscreen. But uh, what about you, Adrian? Where do you buy bathing suits? So I have a few different swimsuits. I have Torrid swimsuits, but I'd say I have more Amazon swimsuits. Now, I like the retro 40s and 50s swimsuits, and you can get them on Amazon.com. However, they generally only go up to like a size 1820. So if you're above that size, that might be a challenge to find on Amazon. But the key is to know your measurements because a lot of these are from Asia. So there's no standard sizing. So it could be a 5X, which is really like a 2X in America. So just know your sizing. Target has some really cute ones as well. Forever 21, I'm sure you've heard, they're going through bankruptcy, so it might be a good time to buy some swimsuits on clearance. But they have some super trendy swimsuits that I don't personally wear because they're a little too revealing for me. And it's not that I'm trying to be modest, but there are some areas of my body that I do try to hide. Now, Adrian, you have a minorly plus-size husband. Um, is, does he have any problems with just wearing swim trunks, or does he also like to wear rash guards? I find rash guards on men are really popular here in Hawaii. So my husband is Hawaiian, so he's a big guy. And like me, he used to go to Hawaii every summer to visit family. So he has no problem showing his body at all. He's a double X to three X depending on how much he ate that season. You know, a little bit of a rise up for you guys and keep the body positivity going. I just wanted to mention before we move on to our um, destination that a lot of fluffy people are worried about what people are saying about them in the bathing suit. And I just want to say everybody here on earth are uh, self-conscious. Even supermodels are worried about little itty bitty things. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is everybody is literally just thinking about themselves almost constantly. It's just a fact of life. Um, no one is honestly looking at you. And if they are, it's for a split second. And I would count them lucky to actually have seen you. Um, I just want to really express that I don't want you guys to not take a bathing suit vacation because you're worried about what people might be thinking about you. Like I said, they're thinking about you for a split second and moving on to themselves. So don't say, oh, I don't want to go snorkeling or, oh, I don't want to go swimming in a waterfall because somebody might be looking at me. That is just not a way to live. Find a bathing suit that gives you the confidence. This is your one life. You honestly just have to live it. If you feel weird about like shopping, Buy them all online. Buy as many as you want. Try them on. Return the ones you don't like. And honestly, um, invest in a nice swim cover-up. Do you wear any swim cover-ups, Adrian? Not generally. So my problem area is my belly specifically. So I generally just put a t-shirt over 
whatever I'm wearing and just slide on some shorts. But what about you? What do you wear? Um, I used to wear a lot of sarongs, but because I'm in a bathing suit so much, I basically just buy like easy cotton uh, torrid dresses that like maybe go to the knee. And I wear those to the beach or on snorkel boats, um, just all around. I have my swimsuit underneath them. When it's time to swim, I rip off the dress. Um, and then I also have, um, a bathing suit cover up that if I don't want to put the dress on right away, but I'm like hanging out and don't want to be too exposed. But then when it's time to go home, I just throw the dress back on and easy peasy it's over. And I had a great day in the sun and, uh, in the ocean. So if someone did want to buy a sarong, where would someone buy that? I mean, I bought a swimsuit cover up last time I visited you in Maui or maybe the second to last time. And I got it at Walmart because in Hawaii, it's an island. And so the Walmart and the Targets have a lot of beach going attire all year long. But where would you buy a sarong? So honestly, if you go into a, your favorite plus-sized website for clothing under like the swimsuit section, they're going to have a variety of cover-ups. But if you're just looking for like a straight-up sarong, Amazon.com is going to be the way to go. Um, and then you can just use the measurements, figure out which length you want or how long of a sarong you want. And you'll also find them on vacation. Um, and it's an excuse to spend money while you're traveling. <laughs> That's true. And if you do have a torrid swimsuit, they often have matching sarongs to go with the ensemble, if you will. So if you're going through a full look or if you're just wanting like a all utility sarong, definitely Amazon is what you want to go to because it's really inexpensive. I'll say one thing is earlier this week while I was at work, I saw this woman sporting a chain metal bathing suit cover up. It was gold and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Was she plus size? No, she definitely was not. She was just this gorgeous beauty walking around the property. And I was just like, is that chain metal? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <It was awesome. laughs> I love it. But uh, she was here in Maui. And this episode is actually all about the main island, I would say, people visiting Hawaii for the first time uh, would visit. And the island with the highest population in the chain of the Hawaiian Islands. And that's the island of Oahu. Yeah, let's talk about Oahu. So... Oahu is not the largest island, but I'd say it's the main island because it has the capital of Honolulu and also everybody knows Waikiki. So that's where all the major resorts are and people know the iconic Diamond Head. So my family's actually from Oahu. So I grew up going every summer and I still go once or twice a year to visit. So I'm going to turn it over to Lauren so she can tell you about Oahu from a tourist perspective. Yeah, the first time I was ever in Hawaii was as a teenager. I think I was 18 or 19 years old. And um, it was a family vacation to the town of Waikiki. Uh, Waikiki is basically where like the mainland's love for Hawaii began. That's where surfing started. So that's where a lot of people will stay. But while there's a lot of like quote unquote Hawaiian experiences you can have in in Waikiki, it's not really the full Hawaiian experience. Um, Waikiki to me felt like, and, and I've visited again in recent years, it kind of feels like the, the Times Square experience, like uh, of going to New York, like, or, you know, just going to um, the Champs-Élysées in, in Paris. It's, it's the one road where everybody goes. But um, 
It's not uh, the the full Hawaiian experience, um, but you will find probably, oh, 95 plus percent of the hotels in Oahu are in Waikiki. Um, so you'll likely be starting um, your vacation staying there, which is not a bad thing. There's lots of restaurants around. There's a great beach across the street from most of the resorts and lots to do. But you're going to want to visit other areas while you're visiting um, Hawaii. Now, when you visit Hawaii, you'll probably hear people tell you you're not even allowed to get back on the plane unless you go to a luau. So um, speaking of luau's, Adrian, you have advice on some of the great ones over in Oahu. I do. So a lot of the major resorts in Waikiki offer their own luau, but if it's your first time, you want to go to the best luau. So if you're able to get away from Waikiki, and this is something you can do via bus, some of these off-site luau's offer buses to their venues, I would definitely go to Paradise Cove. And now Paradise Cove is in Colina. It's in the west part of the island. And there's a few resorts on the west side. The new Disney Aulani is over there. What other resorts are over there? It's like that golf resort area. I actually can't remember other than Aulani. I was just going to say the same thing. Aulani is the only one I can remember at the moment. But it's a quieter area on that side of the island. I would say if you're coming to Oahu for the first time, definitely start in Waikiki because you want that iconic Waikiki experience. There's another luau called Germain's and it's also on the west side of the island. I would say that if you had a choice between Germain's and Paradise Cove, go to Paradise Cove. As someone who has family there, the locals, if they're going to go to a luau, bring family, there are friends, they're going to Paradise Cove. So if the locals are recommending it, then I would definitely also recommend it. There's another good luau at the Polynesian Cultural Center, and that's on the North Shore. But just note that the Polynesian Cultural Center is run by the Mormon Church, so it is a dry event, then there is no alcohol. Yeah, that dry luau thing, it's not for everybody. Not for me anyways, but... Um... I would say the number one reason people will visit Oahu will probably be visiting Pearl Harbor, especially the Arizona Memorial. If you're listening to this and it's anywhere near October 2019, the Arizona Memorial has been reopened. I would say the best way to visit Pearl Harbor is to book a tour through um, one of the many companies because they're they're going to just make it super easy. They're going to pick you up at your hotel, take you right where you need to go, provide you with your ticket for the memorial, um, and then just pick you guys up. You don't have to worry about the stress of getting tickets because um, they really only release a certain amount of tickets every day. And it's more of a demand than they have supply and because it's a military base um, it's not like they can squeeze 10 more people in or anything like that everything works like military precision out there it's not too much money to actually organize the tours from your hotels you can do it ahead of time just call the hotel concierge or whatever you want to do and the tours are actually not really guided they do have audio guides at Pearl Harbor which are wonderful Um, Jamie Lee Curtis does the narration and it's just on point and very moving. You can visit Pearl Harbor and see everything. It'll probably take about six to eight hours, or you can do what most people do, which is just hit the highlights, uh, but it's completely up to you. And um, I just think as an American, it's it's one of those really great experiences. Um, personally, I would, um, if, if you were my friend, which you all are, I would say don't miss the Pacific Aviation Museum. That was 
one of my very favorite parts of visiting Pearl Harbor. They have um, really great replicas of the ships and torpedoes and some really interesting things um, to see. So that would be my recommendation in regard to Pearl Harbor. Um, other things close to Waikiki that are incredibly famous um, is, of course, Diamond Head, which is their dormant, or is it an extinct volcano? I would assume it's extinct. Diamond Head, their volcano, which you can climb, uh, get an I climbed Diamond Head certificate at the end, amazing views um, from the top. And I did this when I was a teenager. My mom made it as well. I could probably do it again this time um, at this age and this size, but I would just have to move a lot slower. So probably going earlier in the day when the sun wasn't uh, so hot. And then um, my personal favorite uh, spot to snorkel was Hanama Bay. And that's a little bit past Diamond Head. You guys, um, that, this is the hardest thing to get into, honestly, because it is a state park and they only allow so much parking. And when the parking is full, they don't allow anybody else in car-wise and there's no area nearby where you can like park and walk in. So you're either gonna have to get there really, really early in the morning or it's another thing you can organize to have have a bus pick you up and take you in because they allow buses inside. But it's a protected snorkeling area that's really incredible. Kind of one of those, like when you close your eyes and you've never been to Hawaii and you're thinking about it, this is probably what you're picturing. Um, I think that kissing on the beach scene from, from here to eternity uh, took place on that beach. Uh, I think if you're an Elvis fan, Blue Hawaii, um, where he quote unquote lived was that beach as well. So it's a very beautiful snorkel experience. And if you've never snorkeled, I would definitely say give it a try. What are your thoughts, Adrian? Yeah, the waters are really calm there. You used to be able to feed the fish there, but now you can't. What was the reason? Is it because they're not fending for themselves or people were overfeeding them and they're getting to be fat fish? Or what was the deal? It was really that they weren't learning how to fend for themselves anymore. And yeah, it was overkill. Definite overkill. But I will say, so I never go to Hanauma or Hanauma, however you want to say it, in the morning because I know that the tourists go first thing in the morning. So I tend to go in the afternoon, like after 2.30, and I never have a problem getting a parking space so if that's something you want to do and you have a car and you want to drive there because you're going to go somewhere before or after that maybe do it in the afternoon when all the other tourists have had their fill of heat and waves so you've had your fill of Waikiki you went up to Diamond Head and you've snorkeled at Hanauma Bay but what else do you do what I really recommend to get the true Oahu experiences get out of Waikiki. And the best way to do that, if you are in Waikiki, is drive throughout the island. You really can't get lost. There's only three highways, I promise. And you can circle the whole island in like two and a half hours. So don't worry about getting lost. It's a really easy drive. From Waikiki, you're gonna go north to North Shore on H1 and then transition to H2 towards the North Shore. And the first major town that you're gonna hit is Wahiwa and it's the old Dole Plantation town. So there's still a Dole Plantation and I know most of you might've heard of it and they still have pineapples. However, the pineapples are only for the tourists. So Dole took most of their pineapple producing to, is it Costa Rica or somewhere South America? Yeah, it's definitely not in Hawaii or America anymore. No, the cost of growing pineapples is very expensive. So you could do it a lot cheaper in South America. But again, the Dole Plantation still has pineapples. You'll still see it on either side of the road when you're driving there. And they're delicious because they're grown in the Hawaii red dirt. And you can enjoy Dole Whip. There's also a hedge maze in the shape of a pineapple 
pineapple for the kids and other snacks and gifts. Now, once you've had your fill of Dole Whip, continue on down the road to the North Shore, and then you're going to hit the historic Haleiwa town. And you're going to see the iconic sign. It's Surfer on a Wave, and is there a rainbow? I can't remember what the sign looks like. He's just a surfer on a, a surfboard with some Hawaiian flowers. Okay, there you go. So you'll see people pulled off to the side of the road to take a picture in front of it, and it's okay. Just be careful and make sure that you're not jumping out in front of traffic. And the town itself is, I'd say, only like maybe two, two and a half miles long. It's full of art galleries, lots of surf shop, eats. I think there's two markets. What else is there? Didn't you have a nice experience in Haleiwa last time you were there? Yeah, I am. I'm desperately head over heel in love with the photography work of Clark Little, and he has an awesome gallery in downtown Haleiwa. But you didn't talk about yet about all of the amazing food trucks, which I assume we probably will talk about later. But yeah, really great food trucks, great little places to get shave ice. I just love Haleiwa. I love that none of the signs are, you know, the traditional signs. Even when you drive past the Haleiwa McDonald's, it's in this wood carving um, McDonald's sign. So it's... To me, Haleiwa and the North Shore are definitely, like, truly what Oahu uh, is. You think so? I honestly think it's super touristy. Well, I mean, you're you're attached to your opinion, but when I grew up in Haleiwa, it was still a surf town. And now it's, like, super touristy. But you should definitely do it. I know we were talking about um, the food truck. So there's a famous food truck called Giovanni's. Uh, Giovanni's is a food truck that uses the local Kahuku shrimp, and that's a little town also in the North Shore. And it's quite delicious. But I got to say, the shrimp truck in Maui that I tried that has the similar preparation style, I actually liked it a little bit more, but we're not on Maui. And then also Matsumoto Shave Ice. So Matsumoto's is, I'd say, the most famous. And it used to be a small little shack of a convenience store. And now they've bought out the entire complex. And there's other types of stores like Hawaiian coffee, candy, bakery. You'll know when you get there because there's going to be a line to get into the establishment. So definitely try that. It's like an iconic Instagram moment right there. Now, before we move on from Haleiwa, didn't you also do some kind of special cage dive? Yes. So... My most recent trip to Oahu, what I did was called North Shore Shark Adventures, which is the only cage shark dive in the Hawaiian waters. And um, the reason is, is because it's illegal for them to do it in the immediate waters. So they have to take a three mile drive out to past like the legal waters, basically, of of Hawaii. And they get you guys in a cage. Um, Now, you never know what kind of sharks you're going to be seeing that day. I personally think my day was just nurse sharks. And I went later in the day, so it was pretty rough. The ocean tends to get rougher later in the day. So I would recommend maybe doing an earlier one in the day. But that was pretty awesome. You're basically in a cage snorkeling surrounded by sharks. It's really awesome. You know, they're in the water. You might as well try to see one in in the most safe manner. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you, is it safe? Because I just saw a YouTube video a couple of months ago of someone doing a cage dive. And somehow the shark got in. The likelihood of an aggressive shark coming out to one of these tours is really not likely. Nurse sharks are probably going to be 98% of what you see. Once in a blue moon, you'll probably see something else. And if you do, you're probably lucky. And nurse sharks couldn't really care less, to be honest. So they're not trying to get you. I, at one point, felt so comfortable in the water uh, that I had my foot outside of the cage, like... I didn't realize it for like forever. Like I was wrapping my ankles around the cage. They could have come and eaten my foot if they were like an aggressive uh, species, but they're really, they're kicked back. 
Yeah, so I'm not going to do that cage dive, but I'm glad that you did. (laughs) (laughs) So you've done your Holly Eva, and then now you're keep on driving on H2, and you're going to get to Waimea Falls. Yeah, that's uh, an area where you can go into another one of those. This is what I thought Hawaii was really going to be like, very dense thick greenery um, waterfalls and it's really easy walking it's all either paved or really well packed gravel and um, it's hot it's humid so you know just be prepared but um, it's great for hiking it's great for just you know leisurely strolls and if you want you can do some swimming in a couple of the waterfalls out there Uh, just bring along your stuff but it's definitely worth a half day if you're heading over to Oahu. So you've hiked up to the waterfall and isn't it just like about a mile? No, no, it's not far at all. So almost anybody can do the walk out to the waterfall for sure. Okay, so you keep driving on H2, you're gonna hit Pupukea and it comes up pretty quickly. And Pupukea is a beach with a lot of lava rock formations and you can snorkel there. So I honestly think that Pupukea has a lot more sea life to see other than Hanauma because of the protected lava rocks I saw a lot of eels and a lot of fun fish that I don't normally see at Hanauma Bay. And you can rent snorkeling equipment right across the street. It's really, really easy. My only suggestion to you is that you wear reef shoes because you could cut your feet. Slippers are not recommended because it's all uneven and slippery. After that, you drive further north and then you're going to run into the famous Sunset Beach and that's where they have these uh, is it pipeline? Is that the official term for the surf competition? Absolutely. It's one of the very few places that have pipeline waves actually i did not know that and so if you see a red flag don't go out so if in doubt don't go out there's really strong currents you're gonna see those signs everywhere if in doubt don't go out so i remember one summer i was probably like 10 and i almost drowned because of the undercurrent and then my niece who's only two years younger than me jumped on my shoulder so she could breathe from firsthand experience those undertoes are real So after you're done swimming, you're probably really hungry. Continue on going north and you're going to hit Ted's Bakery. And it's one of the few eateries in the area. And Ted's Bakery is known for their pie. So they have the plate lunches, which is a working man's food. It is some kind of protein, usually two scoops of rice and macaroni and or potato salad. So you can get that there, but their pies are amazing. And their most famous pie is the chocolate halpia pie, which is coconut pudding with chocolate pudding pie. It doesn't sound as appealing as it actually tastes and they have so many other tropical types of pies. Highly recommend that. And you can also find some of Ted's pie options and cakes in the uh, local markets in Oahu, specifically Times Market, and you'll see them all over the island. Continue going north and you'll find Kuhuku and that's where they have the shrimp ponds and you'll find other shrimp trucks selling shrimp and you can buy raw shrimp to cook and also corn so try that definitely and if you have a vacation rental which maybe on your second round back to Oahu is get a vacation rental and stay on the north shore and you can cook all this delicious shrimp and delicious corn I highly recommend that so you're going to continue going north to Laie so Laie is the city where the Polynesian Cultural Center is and it's again run by the Mormon church so the grocery stores, the other markets, the restaurants, everything in that area, everything closes on Sundays because they don't sell anything on Sunday. So just keep that in mind. 
if you're planning to go to the Polynesian Cultural Center or if you're staying in La Ia, I often stay in La Ia because it's a quieter part of the North Shore and they have really great vacation rentals. In fact, I got married in La Ia. So I'll tell you a little bit about the Polynesian Cultural Center. And that is an interactive experience and it highlights all the different Polynesian islands, not just Hawaii, it's New Zealand, it's Samoa, Fiji, Tahiti, you name it. And they have interactive displays of their traditional housing units, like their huts and their crafts and their dance. You know what? The way I always describe Polynesian Cultural Center to guests is that it's kind of like... um... It's hard to explain because I think you walk to the different... Yeah, islands, a- right? And the different yeah. islands have different displays of home and their their crafts and not necessarily their food. And then sometime during the day they have this big, I don't want to say parade, but it happens on the water. And yeah. you, you see all the different islands being represented in their dance and their music. And then also you can experience a luau there. And it's more stadium style seating. It's just a little bit different experience. The food is good. But again, you can't have an umbrella drink there because they just don't serve that. I always liken it to Epcot at Disney World um, and how like they have it set up with the different countries. It's like that with the different Polynesian islands and the different Polynesian cultures. So you'll be walking in and amongst all of these different kind of like Epcot style towns. Yes, Epcot. That's what we're going for here. So let's move on. This is probably another 45-minute drive from La Ia. It's Kulua Ranch. I'm going to have Lauren talk about that because she had a pretty good experience when she went. Yeah, my most recent trip, um, I definitely did some stuff up at the Kulua Ranch. Uh, You can do things from horseback riding, ATV riding, zip lining, snorkeling. Uh, You can take a a movie tour. You can do the movie tour on ATV. It's just this amazing valley where you can come in and you can choose one, three, or five, or do all of the different things that you want to do. I specifically went uh, because I really wanted to go ATV riding. And I also went because it's an area that is constantly purchased by um, Hollywood to be used for a film backdrop. So you go into Kualoa Ranch, you're going to recognize scenes from my very favorite, 51st Dates. You're also going to recognize it from movies most recently, like the first Jumanji remake with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, But other movies such as Jurassic Park, um, Jurassic World, King Kong. Um, So I did the movie tour. I also did the private beach tour because the private beach tour takes you uh, to some additional spots where you can see things like the Hukilau Cafe from 51st States. I'm a little bit obsessed with that movie. So uh, the ATV was awesome. Instead of doing, you can, you have two choices. You can do like quad style or you can do the buggy style. Since my mom was with me, we did the buggy style, which was pretty awesome. But uh, again, personally too heavy to do the horseback riding or the zip lining but um again just give them a call or check out their website for height and weight requirements and age requirements for everything and it's just a really really fun day on the north shore of hawaii what i'm gonna say about the atv riding i don't think that there is a weight requirement or limit but if you are heavier if you're over 300 pounds you need to tell them that because they can give you an atv that has a stronger engine and you're gonna need that power to get some of the skills one time i went with someone who 
was over the 300 pound limit. I'm not yet, but I got to use the same ATV she had and it was a lot more fun. So now I request it. So don't be afraid. Let Cola Ranch know if you are over 250 pounds and they'll make accommodations to give you that bigger engine ATV. Let's move on to souvenirs. So if you're in Waikiki, you're going to see tons of stores called ABC stores and it's basically a souvenir store. Now, if you can help it, get a car or a bus or an, is there an Uber or Lyft on Oahu? I don't even know. Yes, we have both Uber and Lyft on both Oahu and Maui. Uber is not so great on the other two islands though. And Lyft has not really made it out that far either. Gotcha. So I would get yourself to Aloha Swap Meet. That is their sports stadium. And every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, there is a swap meet, but they sell a lot of the tourist souvenirs and Hawaiiana type of things like crafts and koa wood things and fabrics. And you're going to get a better price buying it at the Aloha Swap Meet, but also more selection. So highly recommend that. Is there anything else that you want to cover on Oahu, Lauren, before we get into my favorite part, Food Ventures? No, I think we did a really great job um, kind of talking about all of the different areas uh we went geographically which is very helpful for a lot of right brainers so great job you guys <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's talk about all the awesome food in oahu hawaii is an amazing melting pot of all these different asian cultures so the food is really eclectic once I land, I start eating and I make sure I put in my orders for things that I can freeze and bring home. So what I would say for traditional Hawaiian food is go to Helena's. That's in Honolulu. And it gets really, really busy. Parking is a challenge. You can try the traditional food like Lao Lao, which is pork and fish stuffed in taro leaves and then wrapped up in a tea leaf. Pipi Kaula is kind of like a Hawaiian jerky Poi is that thing that you probably heard of. It is made out of pounded purple taro potatoes. I think it's pretty disgusting myself, but you got to try it before you say you don't like it. So do try that. Rainbow Drive-In. I talked a little bit about plate lunches earlier. This one's super famous. It's close to Waikiki. Really great gravy. Anything you get there is going to be great. And it's really inexpensive. Leonard's Malasada is also around Waikiki. Those are Portuguese donuts. You can get them deep fried plain with granulated sugar or cinnamon sugar. And then also you can get them stuffed with different things like vanilla custard, guava jam, you name it. Their stuffings rotate every, I believe, month. Again, as Hawaii is a mixing pot of a lot of different Asian cultures, in Hawaii they have something called Simon, and it is not Chinese, it's not Japanese, it's just this thing that exists in Hawaii. And it's like a, a ramen noodle soup, but the broth is very different. It's not soy sauce based, it's definitely fish and usually chicken based. And we love it. It's a clear, salty broth with a, a chewy egg noodle with a lot of times spam or red barbecue pork and onions and eggs. And I'd say my favorite place is called Shiro Simon. And that's actually outside of town. It's on your way to the North Shore. But there are also Simon stands in town as well. Another favorite place of mine is Char Hong Sut. And that is a place in Chinatown that makes dim sum. So you can get something called Manapua, which is Char Su Bao. It's the white pastry with barbecue pork and green onions and I actually as soon as I land go pick up my order and I call in my order right before I get on the plane and I freeze it and take it home. We covered Giovanni Shrimp Truck and Matsumoto's. My last recommendation is something called Lily Ha Bakery and that's also in Honolulu and they specialize in cocoa puffs and those are padishu pastry stuffed with buttery fillings. It's very dense and then topped with chocolate or matcha green tea. Lauren, what are your favorites? My favorite plate lunch is probably 
going to be katsu curry. Oh, oh yeah. Is <laughs> chicken katsu, which is basically a nice piece of uh, dark meat chicken, pounded out, put in panko, and deep fried. And then they put curry sauce on top of it. And then the curry sauce gets into your rice. And it's just so amazing. Like, for me, like, that would be one of those death row meals is katsu curry. Uh, basically just fried chicken with curry sauce. I also love short ribs. They're very sweet and salty, but um, you can share a plate and it won't be such a bad thing. Shave ice, of course. I have yet to be to Matsumoto's. I know that's the Obama favorite, the Obama family favorite. Um, so one day I will be making it back there. But um, I'm really simple, as I will say, every time we get to my part of the food ventures. So Basically, plate lunch, you can't do wrong with any kind of katsu. You don't have to get the curry. Always go with the Kahlua pig. It's just a nice steamed pig in the underground emu oven. Delicious. And then, of course, you can't go wrong with the rice and the mac salad. Um, I'm not a huge fan of potato mac salad, but, hey, that's just a white girl (laughs) for (laughs) you. Hey, no, what was that place we went to last time I met you in Oahu? It was a bowling alley, and they had, like, a really delicious chicken. It was the bowling alley that was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And, whoa, we got cake there, too. I remember. Uh, Hold on, guys. We're going to look up the name. Okay, guys, it's called The Alley Restaurant, and it's in Aia Bowling Alley. And it was so good. Did we both get chicken? Because it was famous for the chicken. Okay, it's called Tasty Chicken. It's award-winning. And it's lightly dusted and deep fried with their secret sweet soy sauce with garlic and chili flakes. So basically, oh, heaven. That chicken was bomb. That's right. I remember the chicken, and then you're right. We got a dessert, and it was really, really good. So, yes, I able, and that's in the middle of town. It's on your way from Waikiki. So there's a lot of food stuff from Waikiki to the North Shore. So experience them all. All right, guys, we are at the end of our podcast and we want to thank you for listening. And we hope that our second version of this brings you all the delicious magic of Oahu. And you can listen to the Plus Size Traveler podcast at plussizetravelerpodcast.com and on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Plus Size Traveler podcast as well. And don't forget, every episode we switch between an international and a domestic location. Our next episode, we're going to talk all about Naples, Italy, Pompeii, Italy, and Sorrento, Italy. And then our special topic is going to be about the shoes you might want to consider for plus-size travel. Now get out there and explore fellow plus-size travelers. Mahalo! Mahalo! Mahalo!